0: Hey friend, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel Gilbert. I am a therapist on a mission to bridge the gap between faith and therapy. As we return from our summer break, I'm excited to bring an amazing lineup of guest interviews. Be sure you are subscribed to get notifications every time a new episode is released. Speaking of subscribing, did you know that the way I can keep this show ad free that's right ad free is by offering you resources directly from my website one of those resources is a monthly therapist thoughts email i promise it's not your average newsletter each month i share a personal note from me that you can't find anywhere else on the internet my favorite finds podcast updates and a free therapy resource go to rachelgilbert.com that's r-a-c-h-a-e-l G-I-L-B-E-R-T, click the freebies tab, and then click Therapist Thoughts to join the community. Well, if you are new to Real Talk with Rachel, welcome. Here's what you can expect. Tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes, always 15 minutes or less. And every other Wednesday, we share guest interviews with people I hand select to speak into your life. These episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your therapist. Stick around until the end of today's show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. If you are tired of trying, today's guest interview is for you. Let me introduce you to her. Ashley Morgan Jackson is an author, speaker, and social media expert. She works full-time for Proverbs 31 Ministries and has ministered to her own online community for over 10 years. She is passionate about women learning to let go of the lie that they have to perform for God's love and instead realizing that they can receive His love just as they are. Ashley is a wife of 14 years to her wonderful husband, Daniel, and a mom to two growing boys. The family lives in Charlotte, North Carolina, and if you asked Ashley what her favorite thing to do is, she would say, laughing till it hurts. Well, Ashley and I did just that in today's episode. We laughed, but we also got deep on real-life topics that matter. Please help me welcome Ashley to the show. Well, hello, Ashley. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I love to ask all of my guests, what is something fun, random about you that I would not have just read to them from your professional bio?
1: Ooh, um, I think that I'm a huge goofball. Like if you've ever heard known those people that laugh at everything, that is me and my husband. So if anyone ever wants to feel good about themselves, they just invite us over because we'll just make you feel like you are so funny. I think it's because we just love to laugh, but we are huge nerds.
0: <laughs> I love it. And I love being around people like that because, you know, they just take themselves in the world lightly and... Even when things go wrong, you're probably like, all right, let's how can we still find the good in this? So that's fun. Yeah, yeah. I like that. (laughs) Okay, so today we are chatting about your book, your first book that you've written, correct?
1: Yes. Yes. Uh And it's
0: called Tired of Trying. I always love to ask authors, where did this come from? What made you passionate to write a whole book on this? Yeah,
1: so as you're probably familiar with, um, very familiar, I struggled with postpartum anxiety and depression for five years um, after I had my first son, and I went quickly from the single girl who was doing all the missionary work and ministry, and uh, me and my husband got married really quickly, and then I was pregnant quickly after that, so I made this huge transition from that girl to a stay-at-home mom who, you know, struggled with identity loss, and all of the things of not feeling like I didn't know why I mattered anymore. And so God took me through this wrestling season with him where he is going to break away what I thought I identified myself in and instead tell me who I was in him, regardless of anything that I did or anyone ever saw me. And that process was really long and it was really hard. And I realized what I needed most during that time was to be honest with him. I was so used to performing for him and thinking if I just checked this list off that everything would work until I tried doing that entire list and it still it still didn't work. And I was exhausted from trying. And so I think that's where the title really came from because I think a lot of people can feel that way when you get into these seasons where you just feel stuck and you're frustrated because you know God's trying to do something, but you don't know what it is he wants you to do. And so you try all the things. And I think the biggest thing that God wants us to do in those seasons is to surrender. And sometimes that's a hard process. So yeah.
0: Oh, I, actually, I love this conversation because I know that Every listener probably can relate to a season like that where you are—you're mm-hmm. tired of trying, you're tired of striving—and I really appreciate in your story how it is also—it was in that place of okay, I surrender, <laughs> All right? Yeah. Like, and and that actually brings hope and healing and freedom and restoration. And I even appreciated that you mentioned the performance piece. I was recently talking with my my oldest a child of 16 years old. And we were kind of talking about her relationship with the Lord. And she said she realized that her performance piece of things, she was finding almost like a fake sense of peace, a false sense of peace in her performance, right? Because it was like, hey, if I if I can perform, oh, then I feel peaceful. And she, you know, she's had this kind of revelation. And I think that, you know, I was talking with her. I said, I'm I'm glad you recognize that at 16 years old because I'm like you, it took me which I mean, I'm much older than you are, but I'm, you know, almost 40. And it probably took me into my 30s to finally recognize, oh, okay, there, there's a better way to do this and to just release ourselves from that pressure. So then you kind of hit on that you had some postpartum depression and different things. Do you feel led to share anything more about that online or on air? Or no.
1: Yeah, I'm totally open and fine with all of it because I think it does help people feel less alone. For me, it was that I didn't realize that's what it was right away. I, I just thought I was a horrible mother. I thought I wasn't cut out to be a mom. And the way that that really came out for me was through anger. I was sad, but that didn't feel safe or didn't make me feel strong. And so I was just very angry. I was angry. At my family, really, most of all, because I wanted them to save me, I wanted them to fix me, I wanted them to care. And I think they were doing their best, but they were just as confused as I was in that season, and they didn't know how to help me. And so that is what I write a lot about in the book as well is the journey of really letting go of our expectations as well of the people around us. And letting Jesus be our savior because he did that once from hell but also it's something that we need every single day. So I still struggle now and then, uh, you know, it's like not completely gone, but the Lord has definitely taught me a lot of great things to fight it and move forward through it. So um I just like to be real about it because, you know, that's something that a
0: lot of us face. Yeah, and that's, you know, really the reason I asked you is as a Christian counselor, I do counsel so many women who feel alone. And that's the thing is I appreciate when there's some people who are willing to step up and share their stories because they do feel so alone. And I also love that you mentioned how it expresses itself differently in different people. And like you said, yours was with anger. I can relate to yours. In hindsight, I realize with my oldest for sure and with my second, I'm pretty sure I had postpartum depression, but it it went undiagnosed cuz you know you just thought oh this is this is motherhood i guess i don't know like yeah. this is this the thing and it wasn't until it's i kind of have a have a crazy story i was a stay at home mom for 10 years before the lord called me to go back to graduate school to become a counselor and my second daughter recently we were talking and she said mom i noticed a huge change in you when you went To graduate school to become a counselor. And honestly, it was because I was doing work on me when I was in grad school, right? Like I was learning how to process my emotions and to do to kind of deal with some things that had been dormant and just I've been suppressing and stuffing and everything. And so um, you're a real big fan of I think for reasons like we're talking right now, people sharing their stories. Is this why, like, tell me more about where you've seen that to be true in your life of like how important it is for each person to kind of share their story. If not, by the way, I like to tell people you don't have to share it public. Like we're sharing ours on a podcast right Right. now, right? But that doesn't look that way for everybody. Maybe it's just one other friend. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I love the idea, like, In my book, I really write about the wrestle that Jacob had with the Lord and how it's similar to our stories and my story. And at the end of that story, if you know it, you know that Jacob's is touched and he's injured and he walks away with a limp. And so he's identified by that limp for the rest of his life. And I feel like when we go through something that's very hard and possibly traumatizing for whatever that is, we are marked by that thing. But also I feel like It's a part of our story that gives us authority. And so when someone else comes into our lives that's dealing with that exact thing, we have the authority to speak into that Because we've been through it, because we've seen God be faithful, and we know that he can get that person to the other side because he did that for us. And so like you said, it doesn't have to be on a podcast or written in a book, but sometimes it really is just seeing like, oh, that person is maybe for me, like seeing someone walking through postpartum depression and really struggling or struggling with new motherhood and saying, let's go get coffee. Let me tell you about how God is faithful because we need one another. I think in our world, we're getting more and more connected online and less and less connected in person. And I think sometimes the most powerful thing that we can tell each other is it's hard for me too. We think everyone else has it all together and it's so easy for them. But then when you kind of lay it all bare and say, look, I I was struggling. I'm still struggling. Like, let's walk through this together. It really is like a beautiful picture of discipleship and loving someone in Christ. So it's so important to do that.
0: Yeah. It's that whole linking arms with somebody who's maybe even just one or two steps ahead of you. Right. And it's like, Hey, it's okay. I'm a couple steps ahead. What you're going through is normal. It's not always going to be that way. Here's, you know, and then sometimes they can't practically help. Maybe they pray for you or maybe they are able to do something, but yeah, just opening up and sharing is so powerful. Okay. Let's go back to, you mentioned, I like the analogy that you gave about the wrestling and how you don't leave. I've seen that to be so true that it does give you an authority to speak in. I want to hear about you had a knee injury, right? Or something. (laughs) Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So this is kind of one of those surrender moments for Uh me. So what happened was that I had been going through a lot of hard things. I don't know if any of you have ever been in one of those seasons where it's like, everything goes wrong. It was like back after back after back. And the Lord seemed to say no to every single prayer. And, but this was January 1st. And I thought, you know, I'm going to start on a good new foot, a new page. And so I was going to put on my workout video that day. And so I decided to do that. And I started doing my lunges and I did not see that my son's baby blanket was on the floor behind me. Mm. And I slipped on that baby blanket and my kneecap went to the outside of my leg and it was stuck there. Whoa. So I'm like screaming in pain. My we lived at the top of um, a three-story apartment building, <laughs> so my husband calls nine one one. The and you know, and I had worn my the most disgusting pajamas, and I didn't change into workout clothes. <laughs> so I'm like, great, awesome. So now these paramedics are coming up here, and I'm looking crazy, and now I have to be carried down by them within this situation. And so we go through the whole process. They put me under, they reset my leg. I come back at that point. My kids were, I think four and eight months old. And so uh, my husband was working crazy hours. I'm rolling my eight month old on a rollie chair, you know, trying to get him around. And the next night I'm, I'm talking to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, for real, for real, you're going to let this happen. But like, I'm going to trust you. I surrender. I'm writing this like, you know, heartfelt prayer. I roll out of bed and it does it again. And it's stuck on the side of my leg. What? Again.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: And I, like my husband comes in and he's like, no, we are praying with everything that we have in us. Like, Lord, put this back on. Like, we do not have the money for another ambulance ride. Like, what are you doing? Why is this happening? In complete freakout mode and nothing happened. But my parents had come to help watch the kids so we could go to the hospital again and I remember my dad was a firefighter for 30 years and he was sitting in my living room and I had the thought if my my physical dad could he would fix this situation for me but he can't but my heavenly father can and he is choosing not to and I I just really didn't understand so I'm in the back of the ambulance again I always like to choose like a word for the year to kind of like focus let the lord like you know, speak to me. My word for that year was listen. (laughs) And I was thinking, okay, I am listening. And so I just felt in my spirit, the Lord say, you're going to go through this either way. Actually, you can go with it through with me or without me. And at that point, like I was too in love with him. To say, like, I didn't want to go through it with him. I didn't understand why he wasn't fixing it. I didn't understand why he was letting it hurt. And I think we have these moments in our lives where we have to stand with our good God and grieve the things that he has chosen not to do. And sometimes if we don't do that, that's when resentment and bitterness and all of these things come up in our hearts. And so that surrender process, sometimes I feel like we're gripping it so tightly. And he's like, just trying to do our one finger at a time, because not because he's mean, and not because it's a punishment, but because he knows what's best for us, even if he allows it to hurt for a while.
0: Oh, Ashley, that was beautiful. I mean, not the part about your knee, but I'm sorry about that. (laughs) But uh, that phrase that you just said there of that, you're going, I feel like this is a word for a listener. So I just want to repeat it of you're going to go through it no matter what. Would you like to go through it with me? You know, the Lord talking, not Rachel or without me. <laughs> and I love your response of I love him too much to say, no, I don't want to go through it without you. That to me shows the beauty already that was happening in that moment of the Lord. Like you said, it wasn't, he wasn't punishing you or bringing this on or something weird like that. But he was using that moment, even like y'all's relationship deepened there. You know, it was your wrestling of, wait, do I really love him? Because it's in those moments that like the hard moments in life where our faith is challenged. We get to really see what do I believe? Do I exactly. do I actually love him? Like, do I actually believe that he is a good father who is looking out for me and that he's for me and not against me? And in that moment, you did. You came face to face with, do I believe what I say? I believe. Yes. And, you know, you had <laughs> yeah, that like- sure uh, we still had those moments of like, yeah, but
1: I'm not happy about it. You know, and yeah. I think that's like that wrestling feeling. It's like, I trust you, but this is hard and I'm annoyed and I'm frustrated. Yeah. And we kind of go through that but yeah. like you said it is like this moment of do we love god or do we love just his yes and his blessing
0: yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and i also appreciate that you brought that up too that Saying that, yes, you love God, and yes, you're choosing to have faith in Him does not take away the hard part of it. It doesn't right. take away that wrestling and the feelings and maybe the anger right. and the, the words you want to have with Him about what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> like, And I think that's all healthy and good. That's part of a relationship. You know, you think about even just our marriage relationship, or if you're not married, a good friend you have or whatever, if you've ever had a, a close relationship in your life, it's not just the good times. It's right. the it's the hey, we can talk and we can have hard conversations and we can tell each other how we really feel and I feel like that's also what happens with a relationship with the Lord too. Yeah. yeah. Uh let's then go into cuz you do address this also in your book and I feel like this is a good point to talk about it. Um how we can identify lies that we believe about ourselves and or God. Especially it seems like in these seasons those types of lies can kind of come to the surface, right?
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I think it is just like, for me, it was recognizing, like he would bring to mind the things that, and he still does, the things that I'm believing about myself that are keeping me trapped. And so sometimes it's even just praying the prayer, like, Lord, help me to start seeing the patterns so that I can understand what I'm believing that is pushing those patterns along Um, I'm sure like you would be able to speak into this even more and just that we cannot (laughs) think certain things and get certain different results. If we continue to think the same ways over and over again, so we are going to get the same thing and, or we might be in different circumstance with different people, but if the common denominator is us, you know, that's something that needs to change inside of us. And so for me, like, Something that I realized is one lie for me is that I'm rejected and that people are going to reject me. I'm very rejectable, whatever you want to say in that thing. And so I've learned, you know, that when you believe something like that, you go throughout life looking for evidence that it's true. And so I had started to see that I started to realize that I was walking into these situations, just assuming I'm going to go into this situation. and I'm going to be rejected. And so then I would act like cold or standoffish because I was so afraid of that feeling of rejection. But then at the same time, I'm kind of making a self-fulfilled prophecy in a way, because no one wants to talk to a cold, shut off like person, you know, that doesn't want to speak to anyone. So then I would go away from those things and think, see, I was right. I am rejected, not realizing that maybe if I had had a different mindset, if I had decided I'm going to take that lie and make that thought become obedient to Christ and that even if some people do reject me, I still have something to offer to someone. How can I show up in a room and make someone else feel seen and take the, the, all the focus off of who's making me feel safe and secure here. And it's still girls. It's still a work in progress. Believe me. But I think like slowly letting God start reveal revealing because I, the pattern was hurting me, you know, and I think sometimes letting the Lord reveal to us the patterns that are hurting us in our life so that he can actually address the root of whatever that is, because We grow these gross weeds up in our life and we chop them down with our scissors, but unless we dig them out at the root or let God have access to the roots, they just keep coming back over and over again. And so it's a process for sure. And I think that is the beauty and the pain of spiritual growth to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you access. And then he like sometimes brings these painful situations in our lives. And he's like, this is actually the answer to your prayer, (laughs)
0: you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. I resonate a lot with this spirit of rejection. This is something I've had to battle a lot in life, and just like you, still battle it. And I feel like I definitely do a better job than I used to, right? Because I think that (laughs) the more we mature, we recognize it quicker, we submit it to the Lord quicker, but it still comes for us. And I think that's the other reason that you're tired of trying. Title and just message here resonates so much with me because if you're listening and you struggle at all with that fear of rejection, Yeah, it is it's a life of striving, right? Because you're like, oh, I want I want people to accept me. I want to be liked. I want all these things. And I know for years I've committed Proverbs 29, 25 to memory. That the fear of man proves to be a snare, but whoever's hope is in the Lord is kept safe. And I had to just put that on repeat so often because like you said, what we look for, we will find. And so if I'm looking for people to reject me, then all of a sudden the person who doesn't respond to a text message I receive is rejection when really really? (laughs) they're just another busy woman like myself, you know, like had nothing (laughs) to do with me, had everything to do with they were running, trying to live their life. But then the flip side is, Ashley, like you mentioned, sometimes when we pray for, I know, it's just a little bit of a scary prayer. And I've said the prayer before of Lord, help me get rid of this fear of, you know, man and being rejected. And he's like, okay, I'll let you actually go through some like real rejection, not just right. perceived rejection. Therapy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. what happens though in that is it does, it makes you come toe to toe again with, okay, if my worst fear comes to pass, like They do reject me, like a real rejection. And I know I've got, especially for you and I having written books, like, you know, when you put yourself out there like this and you're going to get rejection. And the Lord and I had to really wrestle through that before my book release, because I'm like, okay, I know, I know I'm going to get rejection. What am I going to do when that comes? Is it going to sideline me because of my identity in that thing? Or Mm. am I going to recognize, no, they're not rejecting Rachel, they're rejecting the work that I did, or, you know, like separating the two. So I don't know yeah. if you've experienced any of that or not, but.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like so in the thick of it right now. Yeah. Like <laughs> my soul feels like it's an exposed nerve, and, and anything that bumps into it, it's like, <sighs> yeah. you know, but instant crying, you know. Yeah. And so, but it is like that idea of like, okay, this is part of it. And like you were saying, this is something I prayed for. And so help me. And I think it does help us get back to dependence. Like, I'm just saying all the time, like, help me to think thoughts that are true, right, noble, good, pure, you know, all those things, rather than going off on my rabbit trail about (laughs) what I am envisioning trying to keep myself safe. So Yeah. yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. I would love for you to speak a word of encouragement over, I appreciated that one of the examples that we've talked about here today is something that happened in your body that you really couldn't control, right? Like fluke accidents with your knee where are you now with that i kind of want to hear that and then i'm asking you a follow-up question with your knee
1: yeah so that happened for me i want to say i mean my son was eight months old and now he's almost 10 so that happened quite a, a long time ago um so the lord has definitely brought me a long way And I think in a similar way, like with the mental health things, sometimes that can come up, and it sometimes does make me feel like I should have more control over it, or, you know, I'm not as good of a Christian because I can't faith myself through some like really hard days or I'm I'm just a very sensitive person and I've really shamed myself I love to cry at nature I love to cry at songs and I love to cry when you know I'm battling my mental health and so in public that's not always socially acceptable and so really it's been a work in progress for me but is that what you mean? Like the people who are are dealing with something that's kind of outside of their control. Is that kind of what you mean?
0: Yeah. And even just, so for example, you know, we're hopefully speaking some encouraging things here, but I sense that there's probably some listeners who they're in their knee situation right now, meaning okay. maybe not a knee, but, or they're in their postpartum depression thing right now. They're in the thick of it, if you will. And so <laughs> sometimes when we're in the thick of it, it's a little bit, it's a different perspective than... When we're on the other side, you know, (laughs) the thick of it is a very different spot than the other side. So to anybody listening, who's in the thick of their struggle, what would you say to them today?
1: I think I would say, first of all, like,
0: don't fake it. If it hurts, just
1: be in that. Because I think I tried to rush myself through it because I just wanted it to be over. And I understand that that's very human. Like we are are surviving. We're trying to get through things. But I realized that sometimes the Lord's process takes as long as it does. And I think there's a grieving process sometimes that we have to go through with the Lord and saying, I'm kind of upset with you. Like you've kind of hurt my feelings for allowing this to happen. And of course, theologically, logically, we know that God is perfect and he does everything good. But when we're in that moment, when we're in the knee moment, it doesn't feel like that. And we feel frustrated or we can feel a sense of resentment come up like oh you do it for them you do it for her you do it for all these other people but you don't do it for me and i think to feel like we can't take that honestly to god is where we start seeing a crack in our relationship with him rather than saying listen i'm really upset about this how do i deal with this will you please give me the grace to move through this because i can't pretend that this isn't crushing everything in me. And so I think that would be like, your honesty is safe with God is what I would want to tell them.
0: Oh, I love that. Your honesty is safe with God. That's beautiful. And I also want to circle back around to what you said a little bit ago about you being a sensitive person. And I just, I want to speak into it for you, but even the listeners, and I want to give you a chance to speak into it because I really hate that that's the culture that we live in, that intellectuals are definitely more praised, if you will. I don't know if that's the best phrasing, but it's seen as more like put together and all of this. And, you know, what? My one of my daughters is, I don't even know if I love the word, sensitive with her. And I have talked about this. She's emotionally intelligent is what I tell her because she's yeah. just in tune with her own emotions. She's in tune with everybody else's. She's in tune with like things move her. And yeah. I, and she has, you know, struggled. And by the way, anytime I share stories of my kids, I do all this with their permission. Um So yeah. I'm not tattling on her because her and I have talked about this before, but just, I just wanted to just like speak life over that for the listeners of the, it's actually a really cool thing that God has wired some people that way to be that more emotionally intelligent. Like we need that. And I have such a desire to see that because I know for me, I've actually had to develop emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and I know it's opposite, right? And so it's like, okay, yeah. I have to develop that. Like I need to let myself feel those things and, and go there and I'm sure just like, you know, those people who are a little more emotionally intelligent have to remind themselves to go cognitive sometimes, you know, and be like, yes. hey, <laughs> let's think about this for a second let Let's and not just oh, really? feel it. And so anyhow, I just you said that and you were so kind and vulnerable to just share that on air that I'm like, I also want to speak into if anybody resonated with that of just that what you shared there. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's I think I, I take that, too. So thank you, because I think it is like it's it, we can attach shame to things where we feel like weak or we've been rejected over those things before. So, yeah. yeah, I'm trying to embrace like just like your daughter, like this is the way the Lord made me. Yeah. And there's sure there's downsides to it, but there's also something beautiful.
0: Yeah. About it. Yeah. 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 There's downsides to both. Like I can be too cognitive. I can be too deep of a thinker. Sometimes I'm like, all right, Rachel, snap out of it. Like snap (laughs) out of the thinking. Why don't you just go enjoy nature for a second? Like turn off the brain. So yeah, there's for sure both sides of it. Yeah. Okay. So as we are wrapping up today, I want to just see if there's anything else you feel like you want to speak into, or even just why you feel like this book and this message of this book is just timely for where we are today, just as a culture.
1: Yeah, I would say, you know, even though we're getting pretty much back to normal, the, you know, the pandemic really took it out of us in a lot of areas. I think it's probably deeper than we can even recognize in a lot of ways. And I just see that a lot. Like my main ministry platform is uh, social media on Instagram and just like get a lot of messages of like this is exactly where I am. And I think because they're not really being able to share that anywhere, they are letting that become their identity. Now now it's something that they put on and they don't know like if God doesn't change this, I guess I just have an awful life. And so I think what I really wanting been wanting to tell people is that spiritual growth is hard and it hurts. And that's not just for you who's listening to this. That's for all of us, every single one of us. I mean, it says in John 15 that he is the vine, we are the branches, and that he prunes that the branch that bears fruit and the ones that don't. So even if you're bearing fruit, he, he prunes us. Either way, we're pruned, and it's always for our good so that we can bear more fruit. And I know that we want to grow, I think that's an innate thing. We want to grow. We want to see change, but sometimes we resent the growing pains. And maybe that season that God is allowing you to go through is because he wants to bear beautiful fruit in you that he could do no other way. Like we talked about earlier is like giving you that sign of authority that you're going to be able to speak into something and pour into his kingdom. Because this life isn't about us. Like we're only here for just a second. And he's giving you this beautiful fruit to help feed the people around you with his truth and with his beauty and to let them know that he is faithful.
0: I love that kingdom perspective. Sometimes I think we need to be reminded of that. Like, hey, we're just passing through. My dad used to say that we're just pilgrims passing through. And it is a good reminder because of course, yes, enjoy the here and the now and and believe for heaven to invade earth in the here and the now. I'm all for that. But also that first that kingdom perspective that there's so much more happening that we don't even see. And that the Lord it is worth letting him do that deep work. And the fruit that comes from that is just always worth it. Always worth it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay, Ashley, where can the listeners obviously get a copy of your book, but also just connect with you online?
1: Yeah. So the book tired of trying is available where all books are sold. If you want to get it um, from my website, my website is AshleyMorganjackson.com And there's a link there. And if you want to connect with me on social media, my main one, like I said, is Instagram and my handle is Ashley.Morgan.Jackson.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And those links will also be in today's show notes. Well, Ashley, thank you again for taking time to come on. I enjoyed our conversation. I know the listeners are going to love you too. and We appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Rachel. It's such an honor.
0: It's time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. I love that we started the season with an interview titled, Tired of Trying. In fact, I was strategic about this. After a much-needed sabbatical this summer, It made me come toe-to-toe with how hard I've been trying to keep up in so many areas. And it was really in the silence that I had to wrestle with God and answer hard questions. And I want to give you that space today. I'm not going to make today's Let's Get Real Practical segment very long, because i want to just encourage you that if the lord is i call it tapping on the shoulder of our heart and just saying my daughter there's a better way and a way that's not so heavy a way that is not so exhausting if he is asking you to come away with him accept the invitation you don't need to be in the summer to have a sabbatical i know that kind of tends to be the time that a lot of people will take a little bit of a break you know different things and I took off July from social media, and it was the best thing ever. Don't get me wrong. I love social media. I'll be back on there. I've missed y'all, those of you who are on there. It is so fun. I think social media is a great tool. But the Lord knew I needed to come away with him. And so if he's asking that of you right now, maybe it's not social media for you. Maybe it's in other another area that he's asking you, hey, Could you silence some of the other voices and just come away with me? It's an invitation from him. And when the Lord invites us to come away with him, my friend, don't even hesitate. There's so much goodness that is in store there. So much beauty. He wants to do just a deep, beautiful work in your heart. So accept that invitation and and here's a few questions I would love for you to ponder today and even throughout your week, feel free to write these down and just mull on them throughout the week. What am I trying to prove? What am I afraid to lose? Is God telling me to lay down the trying because I'm striving in my strength or am I just burnt out and I need a fresh perspective? So mull these questions around if, you, if none of these resonated with you, ask the Lord, Lord, what are you saying to me today? What are you saying to me today? Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for every single listener who is sitting under the sound of my voice. I thank you that before I hit record, I prayed over them. I asked you to draw in the people who needed to be here. So if you can hear my voice right now, the Lord, he drew you in Yes, to be part of this community, but also he's drawn you into him today. He's inviting you in to see and sit with him. So Lord, thank you for this invitation to sit with you, to be with you, to have union with you, relationship with you. Thank you, Father. We're so grateful. Lord, I pray over the listener who maybe has never experienced that with you or has been away from you. Draw their heart in today. Pursue them with your unconditional, everlasting love. The kind of love that doesn't rise or fall on performance, on how well we're doing, on whether or not we're measuring up, but the kind of love that's just unconditional because of who you are. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We receive your love and your mercy and your grace today. It's in your name we pray jesus amen well hey friends if you haven't already left a review for the show on apple or wherever you listen to it would you mind taking a moment to do that today i read every new review that comes through and even sometimes the old ones just for encouragement Uh, those reviews they help other people find the show and they're just helpful all around for everybody so i very much appreciate when you do that Well, I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. I will see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.